oceans. Two oceans will begin. See, that's Andre Hayworth. Okay, somebody we knew from back in the day. Apparently, he's been missing for six months in some affluent suburb. Mm, you don't look so missing to me. That's because we found him, right? But Chris says he's acting real different. Different how? This dude is from Brooklyn, huh? He didn't dress like this. Well, I didn't used to dress like this. Huh? Plus, he's married to a white woman twice his age. And that would explain the clothes. All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Rob Williams. Oh, okay. TSA. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, no. Okay, look, I'm trying to work towards this. Look, what I'm about to tell you is going to sound crazy. You ready? All right. Try me. I believe they've been abducting black people, brainwashing them, making them work for them as sex slaves and shit. Oh, sorry about the shit. Sorry. Welcome to the Two Oceans Podcast, where myself, Sue Fire, along with my friend and talented colleague Scrumpy, discuss film and other media through a decades-long lens of mass media consumption. In this episode, we'll be looking at new horror releases and recent viewings, as well as films we've missed over the course of our Halloween marathon. This is the Two Oceans Podcast, so grab your boomstick, strap on a chainsaw, and shop smart as we begin Episode 8. This is how the magic happens. Right, yeah, this is episode eight. Yeah, the magic. We need to play a sound clip of um, Bane from the last Batman movie just to make us sound like we're speaking clearly. The last Nolan Batman movie. That's right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's another topic for another day. That's another, yeah, God, we could do the superhero (laughs) genres. (laughs) Do you know what? I Actually, I got to bring this one up. Um, one of the movies that I think we should have put down in the horror movie, a scathe that we did over the last three episodes, but we didn't, um, is a movie called Come and See. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's, It's sort of classified as a war movie, but it is pure horror. It is. Oh, the, the Russian movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, yeah, yeah. The Germans are coming in. It's the kid, mm-hmm. and I, I, I mean, obviously, you have war yeah. movies that are horrible, but that that is just like pure horror. You know? Yeah, that one stands out for that. There's, you know, well, it's funny. I have a weird relationship with that one because it got so built up and people talking mm. about like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever. And I watched it and I said, no, it's good. I mean, it captures the horror worth it, but there's some stuff in there that's so just annoying to me. There is some bad, bad acting in that movie. Oh and God. just drives me up the wall. It's like, oh, everything about this movie is perfect. I'm like, nope, nope, no, it's not. And, and, and the kid's so good, though. Yeah, oh, he's fantastic. You and, know, yeah, there's there's it, so much that is good about it. I feel bad. That's why I say I feel bad, you know, dissing on anything about it because some people instantly, you know, pearl clutching. Um, but there was another one. Uh, um, came out roughly the same time, a little before maybe. Okay. Uh, called the the Ascent. Uh, another uh, from a female Russian uh, oh, director, if I'm not mistaken. And it's very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, and it's, I think, far better because uh, oh, it accomplishes what it's after. Uh, it doesn't, you know, 
the say the horror, the shock, and everything like that, which is what Come and See is, you know, right there in its title. You know, that's what it's trying to do, and it meets that. Yeah. It sets the goal, and it meets it quite well. Uh, so, uh, but in terms of Russian war movie front sort of things, I'm like, oh, that one's. I, I think I like. I actually prefer that one. But, but yes, uh, but it is less horrific than it is transcendent. Again, hence its name. So, yeah, you know, uh, come and see. Is, yes, again, I, I'm not dissing on the movie uh, too much. See, I went into it pretty much uh, blind. I was working my way through the British Film Institute top 100 films of all time and picking out all the films that I hadn't seen during lockdown. Uh, and I made it a point of watching every single one that I hadn't seen. Uh, and that was one of them. But I went in pretty much blind. So, mm. you know, I, mm -hmm. I was shell shocked, <laughs> you know, yeah. a half hour in. Literally, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, the, that that's another horror uh, back in the '80s that was set during World War II was The Keep. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember too much about it. I remember someone being <laughs> lobbed in half and it being very convincing, um, or at least it, to me at that age. I watched it uh, last year, and uh, it holds up pretty well. Actually, surprising. Hmm. Uh, the the effects are good. The creature is great. Some of the stuff. I mean, it's is it you know it's it's not the best movie in the world, obviously. But you know, Gabriel Byrne is a Nazi. Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> you know, and it is you know early Michael Mann, so you know he'd, he he does know how to tell a story. It's, this one's a little jumbly and convoluted, but still works, I think, overall. Yeah. So, uh, what movies have you watched this week? So <laughs> I've, this I've got a bunch. Yeah, I would say this week. Well, I was uh, I was out of town on vacation, so um, I had a little bit of a pause uh, in the full on the, the fire hose intake that we've been doing the other three <laughs> weeks of the month here. Um, but uh, uh, two series, both on Netflix, and then one movie. Um, I'm not sure best place to start. So we started Midnight Club, the new Mike Flanagan. Ooh, okay. And uh, just made it like four episodes in because he always does the twist in his series at four, uh, yeah. or or something, some major beat happens, right? Uh, so we're like, okay, we'll watch the first four at least and get the you know get that in there, and it's still good. It's it's been enjoyable so far. Um, okay, it's good. not it's not as good as Midnight Mass yet, but I don't know if he's going to top that to be honest. Ever uh, the other is, uh, and we'll talk about this in more detail. The the Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes, I um, think uh, old Guillermo probably deserves his own episode, but I've made it up to um, uh, Pickman's model. I finished that this evening, which was the first of the two Lovecraft episodes. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know. How, how far did you make it through so far? Uh, what's what, the first four? First four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the, okay. Uh, the Outsider was the most recent. Right. Uh, yeah. I felt the last uh, episodes two and three did well for having more time because I think the first two episodes were around 30, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and the episodes from three onwards are around an hour or more. Yeah, expanded a bit. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they just seem a little bit more fleshed out and uh, yeah, a little bit more time to breathe. They felt like proper movies, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pickman's model, man. Oh, oh my God. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then, so apart from those, then uh, the other one finally, because it came out on, at least here in the States, streaming on HBO Max is uh, Barbarian. Yes. Which and... I went into pretty blindly as well. Mm, me too. Uh, and was rewarded for that ignorance, uh, which is a nice. Uh, 
Well, this is <laughs> nice thing to say. This is why people, you know, um, because as, as I'm funny about spoilers, like I, I, I won't read a full review before I go in. I might read the first few sentences and stop there, you know, just to get a gist for whether or not it's positive or negative. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I, I get a lot of flack for, for, for not wanting spoilers from, you know, my friends and colleagues. Um, but this is the reason. It's precisely the reason for, for movies like this, mm-hmm. where I, I just felt like I was being taken for uh, a, a ride. And it was great. It was great for it. Um, yeah, it's hard to talk about that movie without, without spoiling it. Um, yeah, well, the idea, though, I like that... Uh... It came from a short story uh, idea, which was basically uh, the the open of the movie, which is how do you know you can trust someone, especially mm. as a woman, and you're uh, alone in a house with this other guy that you don't know. How how why should you trust him? How do you trust him? You know, it's a lot of those things which the the movie gets into in its overall permutations. Uh, I think as well. Um, well, Zach Kreger um, apparently read this manual that um, is, is is full all of all the red flags that people, especially women, need to be on the lookout for. And he took every single one out of that book and put it into that first act of the movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is which is why you're constantly on edge. You don't know why. Well, you you do know why. There's something creepy. Yeah. There's something very um, Norman Bates. Right mm-hmm. about, about the performance uh, at, at the beginning. Well, it's also Skarsgård, Skarsgård, you know, who was Pennywise. So exactly. it's just like, okay, I don't trust this guy to begin with. <laughs> uh, but, but the way that they framed it, because um, if you don't frame it right, you're kind of going like, no one would ever do that. But kind of given her situation, um, it did seem quite realistic. That well, yeah. And there's a yeah. bunch of those points in the movie where it's like, where they're obviously playing with the horror tropes of like, well, no one would do that. And right. then, but then, like, but then they give you a reason, yeah. And then they give you, they, and they're good reasons. They're like really and, solid. Absolutely, like, yeah. Oh, you know, it's just a nice uh, way to uh, uh, deconstruct and reconstruct without like openly mocking or just making sure. it goofy or you know that whole thing. I mean, what I really liked is it doesn't spood feed the audience. It doesn't give us everything. And in fact, all the way to the credits, it doesn't answer every single question. It Uh leaves gaps for you to kind of puzzle it together for yourselves. And uh, I love that in movies (laughs) where, where, you know, we don't fully kind of understand what's gone on and, and what the backstory is around all the characters. But the casting is great, by the way. It's, it's, it's very good. Not that there's a very big cast. It's very intimate. Um, but it works works really really well because it's, it's it's a pretty intimate story really. Yeah. Um, very uh, yeah very very simple in its scope or scale yeah. right. I, I it sort of reminded me a little bit in terms of the scale of it follows because that had mm-hmm. a very sort of closed group uh, at the, at the center. Um, or if any yeah if anything this is this is even more sort of tight knit. It was really really good. Um, Anything? And well, shall I uh, do one of mine? Um, so that was one of mine <laughs> uh, that I'd seen. And uh, so, just to give you a sort of heads up of the the films that I have watched this week, um, last weekend it wasn't horror, but we'll pick it up another time. Uh, I went to go see Park Chan Wook's Decision to Leave. Very good. 
<laughs> solid movie. Um, very Hitchcockian, but but not horror. Um, and then I watched uh, a movie called uh, Next Door. And it's an older movie. I think it's from 2006. Uh, and I'm trying to think. I believe it's a Norwegian movie. Um, and it's very Kafkaesque. And it's another one where it's good to go in blind. Just go completely blinded in this one. Um, it tells a story of this guy, John, <clears throat> who's getting over the breakup of his girlfriend. And he's just thrown into this absolutely bizarre um situation uh, it's just a maze uh the entire length of the movie and it plays on perception and it's got echoes of plansky's repulsion and hints of maybe blue velvet in there as well um it's really good it's it's it, it's only uh i believe like 60 minutes long so it's really short um and that the translation is actually quite funny. So it's called Next Door mm-hmm. in English, uh, but the Norwegian uh, title is Neighbor, which I'm assuming is neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that one uh, was a nice old surprise because uh, I was working my way through these uh, various lists of horrors and picking out the ones I hadn't seen that I mm-hmm. looked like I, I wanted to see, but that that's an interesting one. It's, it's basically, basically kind of a meditation on misogyny. It's, it's, mm. it's a good one. Um, oh, another one that we both seen. Um, and I know you haven't seen in the last week, but we haven't really talked about it uh, in detail is Hellraiser. David Bruckner's oh, yeah. uh, remake. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Uh, what did I think? Um, <laughs> I I I I enjoyed the original Hell Hellraiser from from Barker, um, and I went into this reimagining with high hopes because uh, I liked what I'd seen in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I thought it was good. I thought it was really interesting. I think it could have done with better editing because uh, it felt a little bit loose and sort of poorly paced. Um, but there wasn't anything wrong with the story to me. Um, it was just the pacing felt a, a little bit off. Um, I didn't ha- I, I thought the Cenobites were great. Um, you know, I, I, I hardly noticed a character difference in Pinhead. It's pretty much Pinhead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it doesn't retread the same story, but tells a whole new story around the puzzle box. And uh, I think you mentioned this in an earlier episode is that uh, perspective of a recovering addict. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved the ending as well. I, I, I thought the ending was fantastic. I thought it was mm-hmm. really good. Um, there is a bit that I would have changed in the ending though, which is I felt the movie ended when it ended. And then there's, there's a sequence that is shown in the last, you know, 30 seconds of the movie that I thought was unnecessary. I, I didn't need it. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if you recall how the movie ends, um, but in terms of the main character's story arc, it ends, it feels solid. And then they, they sort of cut off to uh, a sort of minor character who is getting converted and, um, it was just weird. It felt like one of the cheesy things that you'd expect in an eighties movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I that kind of let me down a little bit, but overall I thought it was solid. Um, like to see if they're going to keep carrying that on. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, 
technically, I thought it was is super sound. And um, oh, and Odessa um, Asian or I forget her name. Um, she's really good as the lead. Like she's really, really good. I, th- I think a lot of the strength of this movie is coming from from her performance. Okay. Yeah, I totally. Had. Well, and it's that same thing we just talked about, right? It's the motivation is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was still motivation, I think, in the original, uh, in, in Barker's original, but I think uh, I think I liked it better here. It made more sense. Right. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It, 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 it also sort of set up that relationship which it didn't really, aside from yeah. they're related okay. in the, the original, you know, it's like, I could go, oh, no, that, that's her dad. So yeah, of course she's going to do it. But you didn't, yeah. didn't really feel that you didn't see that they had a bond, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'll go along with that. Uh, actually, any, what, what else have you seen in the past couple of weeks? Anything sort of stand out for you? Those are the, you know, really those are the main things on there and uh okay you know this uh, again because it's been i had a little little pause uh in there yeah you had your holiday the horror viewing you know uh (laughs) i saw another movie um called all my friends hate me um and this almost falls into the folk horror uh a little bit the guy um the 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 it's well the funny thing is they describe it as a horror comedy Okay. But I would say it's torture porn for people with social anxiety. Um, closer. Yeah. It, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, in my mind, it's it, it's closer to Michael Haneke than, say, Edgar Wright. Yeah, because it is excruciating. Uh-huh. It is. It is just. Poof. But but again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking the horror inside of a Michael Haneke. But that tension and that tension comes from. Uh, you know, the way people communicate and misunderstand each other and put their foot in it and, and all this. Um, and it does have that, that sort of uh, uh, typical someone going out to the countryside, meeting a local and the locals a little bit off, you know, uh, a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just goes from there. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting movie. Um, I think it is uh, the guy who did it, Andrew Gaynard. I think this is his first first proper film. Okay. And interestingly, he comes from a comedy background as well. Um, so there's all these horror movies that are actually coming from people like Zach Kreger, who did Barbarian, is also a comedian. Um, so there's all these great kind of horror movies coming out from people who are comedians. I, 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 well, I think and- it has something to do with the timing. You know, well, and Jordan Peele, who had his hands on exactly as well, but also, and also transitions for one, uh, um, uh, Danny McBride and uh, such, the guys that, uh, you know, did like Eastbound and Down and uh, Foot Fist Way, Observe and Report, stuff like that, are the ones behind uh, the new Halloween trilogy. Oh, really? I didn't know. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, and. uh, so you know, uh, it's a weird <laughs> thing. There, same same idea. It's like, oh, but they're reinventing horror in this way, uh, or at least looking at the thing. And that's uh, another one of the ones actually within that time frame. I called mm. out and another controversial one was Halloween Ends. Right. Uh, finally, came out the end of their version 
of the Halloween story. And, you know, they picked it up what back in 18 with their first one uh, being as if all the other Halloween movies didn't happen. Only the first one happened. Right. Right. And so they just taken it. It's like, okay, let's, you know, so I think a lot of the criticism to get aimed at their version of the story and what they've done are based on all this other Halloween knowledge of like, Oh, well, you know, all this other stuff happens. Like, yeah, but it didn't in this timeline. You've got to just divorce from that. And it's the Kelvin timeline. Um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly. So, um, and they, they take a big risk, you know, without spoiling it. Mm -hmm. Uh, they take a big risk with another major character introducing and, and pushing the action forward, uh, in this one. But I think it works because otherwise everybody's like, they just wanted it to be, Michael and Laurie Strode, like duking it out for two hours. And I'm like, right, that right. really boring. <laughs> um, and that was the first one in these three anyway. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, was it the greatest? No. Uh, but was it good? Solid? Yes. And I, I at least respect them for, uh, you know, that team and, and, and uh, Bloomhouse and such for actually sticking to their guns and actually... Uh, daring to you know take it somewhere new and again much more like what carpenter's original idea was for the halloween series mm-hmm. is that the first movie michael myers was just supposed to be a first movie guy it wasn't supposed to be right. an ongoing thing that's why halloween 3 is actually closer in spirit and i love halloween 3 um but it's closer in spirit to uh <laughs> what was originally envisioned it was supposed to be yeah exactly um and the song just starts kicking off in my head. Yeah, uh, I know it's in my head as well. <laughs> uh, but the idea being that they would, again, like uh, like Del Toro's doing, there would be these uh, entries uh, in this kind of uh, uh, universe. You know, kind of universe building is what it really ideally, you know, we call it now anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, almost anthology or something in another way. And so uh, I liked what they did with that. You know, I thought it was, it, it's worth a watch. It's worth watching all three. Uh, just give you a better sense of it again. The, the first one they did, I think, is still just tops, but but the others are good. This one's better than the second one, I think. So that's where it fell for me, anyway. Uh, that just reminded me of something I, I'd seen in the news. The New York Times had an article on the Terrifier Two. Oh right, um, right. And, I didn't read it, but I saw the. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and and how well it's done because as it had a budget of two hundred fifty thousand. Again, every time I hear a budget that's small like that. Um, I think about the Northman, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. 90 million. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's done really well. It's been in the top 10 for the last four weeks. Uh, it's made over 5 million in the U S alone. Um, I didn't see the first terrifier. Um, I'm not big on clowns, so I might, I might have to, I mean, apparently it's extremely gory as well. Like, like, Right. They went to town with the gore just to prove that they're kind of king uh, of the gore. Um, and some people that I know who've reviewed it have given it a pretty positive review. They said it didn't need to be two and a half hours. <laughs> In fact, it's Oof. probably the longest slasher movie um, wow. that, uh, yeah. that that's been made. Um and it could have done with with some editing down, but that was pretty much kind of the the, the main main problem uh, with with the film. But mostly positive in terms of what's in there. Um, but yeah, the, the the gore gore warnings all over the shop on that one. But it's good to see an independent film make mm-hmm. it in the top ten like that. Yeah, I would agree. That's cool. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I, I saw it pop up, so I'm going to check it out. But, um, yeah, the fact that you know, no horror movie needs to be over 90 minutes. Well, really, no <laughs> horror movie needs to be over 70 minutes. But Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well that, that, that's another one with Barbarian, isn't it? It, 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 is, it is very economical. Yeah, in, it is very good. And, and it never gives you a chance to get get bored with anything because exactly that's the, yeah well it's not I, fast paced it is no fast moving right, I, if that makes sense I think I think it morphs <laughs> into several genres you know hearkening mm-hmm. back to the previous three episodes I I, I think Ing- Ingot does switch tact quite a few times but it hangs together it stays consistent it's yeah yeah it's yeah. really good. Um, actually I saw a, uh, another one, this isn't a new movie, uh, and it's one that's been in my list for a while is, um, Shinjiro Ueda's, uh, one cut of the dead. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I hadn't seen that yet. And again, oh. I went in blind. It's yeah. another one of those Better movies. Way to do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I was sitting there for, um, the first act of the movie, um, thinking, uh, this is okay, but God, I've heard amazing things about this, and, <laughs> and and having no idea of how 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 it would go. But it, yeah, no. great, great. Yeah, the take it's just very very clever without being annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of an ode to guerrilla filmmaking uh, horror. That's really yeah, more than anything. It's really an ode to guerrilla filmmaking. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, kind of like Nope is about you know a, a commentary on, uh, on the Hollywood system and 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 how right. people of color have been treated uh, in that as well. You know, it's just, <laughs> I mean, but in this nice cloak of horror, sci-fi sort of thing. So, actually, that's a that's another one that we both seen now um, is uh, uh, Michael Giacchino's uh, Werewolf by Night. Oh man, isn't that a hoot? <laughs> Oh my God! That was and, more fun than it deserved to be. Ooh, I, I I tell you what, Gail Garcia Bernal as well. It's so good to see mm-hmm. him. And Disney have Diego Luna and Gail Garcia Bernal <laughs> uh-uh. in in their universes now, and leading. um, and leading and 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 uh, I I I remember them being in uh, e, um, and your mama too, <laughs> e two mama yeah, Tambien, mm-hmm. um, which uh. You know those two both fresh faced, and and that's a terrific movie, by the way. And that has yeah. a great, you know, um, great final act. Um, but yeah, he's he's so good in it. And and I again, I went in blind with this. I had no idea who he was or what he's doing. And and is he the good guy? Is he the bad guy? Oh. What's going on? I, so I had no clue. So you, you're not um, familiar with the comic, the original. I I read it when when I was a kid, but I don't mm. really remember it, Nolan. It's, it's not it, really it's not really memorable, except the mm. fact that it's like okay, werewolf. There's a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a werewolf, and and, and it introduced and it introduced Moon Knight. That was really the only other thing that it did. And Moon Knight's uh, pretty terrific too. And Moon Knight's pretty <laughs> terrific too. Um, but yeah, this this is this this manages something. But Moon Knight, I don't think was quite as daring as this. Oh um, no no. But it's a different, it's a different, yeah. it's, it's a different thing. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the bits that surprised me in it did, they worked so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that, that, that they, they stuck their, to their guns and kept it as the traditional Lon Chaney werewolf, like in the comic. Yeah. Um, 
but the production design, the soundtrack, the casting, it was, it was all so good. And the choice to do it in black and white. The cinematography. Yeah. 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 And the fact they kept it violent. Oh, totally. Well. They didn't, they didn't tone that down. I mean, it's like, it's supposed to be monsters, right? I mean, that's what. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, even even the beginning when it had that kind of CBS special presentation <laughs> music, <laughs> right. uh, just just fantastic. It was it was really good, and 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 it did. F- you know, a lot of times when they try to mimic the feel of especially like '30s and '40s era cinema, it always feels um that uncanny valley thing kicks in where you're like Mm -hmm. no it's not no it isn't (laughs) but 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 this 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 felt right despite the fact that it's set in in modern times right it just happens to be black and white well they even they even included the real change dots uh, if you'll notice, if you you go through watch it again, you know, like in cinemas when you're uh, doing mm. a projection on on actual film, <laughs> there's the little dots that come up to tell the projectionist, "Hey, heads up, next reel's got to roll, start rolling," and then when wow. to switch it. They even those are even in there in in Werewolf by Night at, at points where they would be uh, to change reels. <laughs> I was just like, "That's oh, a nice, I see God. what you did there. That's a nice touch." And and uh, the other other. DC character that's that's introduced was great to see as well. Marvel, yeah, <laughs> not DC, Marvel. Well, well, well. This is the funny thing. Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll have to get into this later. But the creator of that was roommates with the creator mm-hmm. of the equivalent, and and yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, but Werewolf by Night is a classic. Uh, era horror nothing more nothing less but that's okay it's it's oh. just perfect it's just and it's, i'm really hopeful then that that means marvel's gonna you know with the freedom the money of disney and the freedom of more additional programming venues uh you know avenues to uh to be able to if they want to be able to build that up there yeah then okay build up the monster you know the whole midnight suns and the monster thing and all that because uh, you know they're doing blade uh yeah. And they're doing Black Blade, uh, uh, or whatever that's called uh, now. Um, and so, you, and so you've got and the introduction of characters in this, like that. I'm like, okay, you're almost there. You know, you're getting everything there. You know, it's like let's just do it a little, little thing there. And I like that. Uh, I mean, it's, it stays in black and white until it doesn't need to. You know, and then it's like a nice uh, uh, nod it, to uh, uh, yes. Wizard of Oz. It, yeah, that that was that was fantastic, and then that that felt like the transition of eras right there. Exactly, um, and yeah, made made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I've got I've got one more that I watched last night. All right, bring it. And uh, it's another one that the the uh, I think Criterion and BFI have both sort of mentioned this movie, and it's called The Untamed, um, and. <sighs> It, well, okay. First of all, it's 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 been listed as science fiction horror, uh, okay. but it isn't horror. Um, it's it 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 handles the sci-fi element with such a matter of factness that it barely even registers. Like you just instantly accept, yeah, okay, that's normal. Um, <laughs> and it has a lot more in common with. Almodovar than like uh, Villeneuve 
uh, in its theme and its tone and the fantastical element of the film um, is uh, kind of a MacGuffin. It's, it's, it's a representation of lust. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you think of Guillermo del Toro's Shape of Water, that feels like a genre film, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That happens to be a drama. This feels like a drama that happens to have something fantastic in it. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, in, 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 but don't go into it. Expect to, you know, this is the thing. It's putting it in a top 10 list of horrors. It's not a horror. It's not a horror at all. Not mm. at all. Um, I wouldn't even call it a thriller. I think, I think it's a straight drama um, more than anything else, but it has a creature in it that is extremely well designed um, and, and, and very convincing um, uh, and a design that I've not seen before. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, that's an interesting one, but again, it's not a horror. It's a, it's a drama that, that uh, has a little bit of sci-fi thrown in there. Gotcha. Right. Um, uh, yeah, and the other uh, thing I throw out uh, that it's another series I've been watching. It's uh, original on Shutter is the Queer for Fear, um, which is uh, there's been the whole you know uh, study thing, the the queer horror of an idea, and I, I never really got it. I only saw that term, and then my local would do uh, you know a screening of something, and I would like you know turn my head a bit, and I'm like, how is that? queer horror i don't understand like just because i never oh i i don't know either so you're, you're gonna have to to educate us here well and it's what they do what the series does so well and it's, uh it's still ongoing uh, right now it's on shutter tv um is that uh it's explaining a lot about and it's all the people they're interviewing actors directors um uh, uh historians folks like that who are all gay mm. Right. And uh, they're able, and you know, the whole thing, obviously. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, what was the and, uh, uh, and a couple drag queens uh, as well. My my favorite name being Alaska Thunderfuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win. Uh, but the idea is that um, they look at uh, uh, start tracing through horror from its beginnings, and then through different. Uh, uh, they're kind of going uh, either uh, uh, um, historically and a little bit into genre work that way, but uh, to approach it as uh, how um, identifying horror themes or tropes usually are uh, uh, for uh, uh, the gay community, right? In terms of uh, transformation and body horror. And, but then they get into explicit ones where, you know, right around pre-code or after the Hayes Code stuff, you know, like cat people, uh, where uh, they use, uh, especially uh, women, uh, lesbians, as like, you know, this this embodiment of evil and it has to be purged by the end. Right. Post-code has to be purged by the end. Something has to happen. Well, that used to be the thing, didn't it? Is that, that you knew, like when we were growing up, that anyone who is of any ethnic minority or any sort of minority at the beginning of the movie, who's part of a group, they're yeah, going to die. They're going to die. Yeah, yeah. They're dead. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but this one looks, you know, and so it focuses the lens though, a bit more intently, like uh, when they're explaining, you know, when you have, uh, you know, a lifelong, you know, woman who's been, you know, lesbian as long as she's 
always known, you know, sort of thing yeah. rather than coming to realization later or something. And some that uh, realize watching something, you're like, oh, I'm going through the same thing that character's going through. Uh, and kind of realizing they're gay or getting in touch with it or having this other expression. That's really uh, interesting. But, uh, having yeah. them provide the perspective of saying, yeah, I watched this one as a kid. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, like they'll, they'll interview like four people who are all like, oh, yeah, that was clear as anything to, to gay people what was going on there. And I'm like, really? I just thought they were friends or, you know, something like that. <laughs> oh, no, they're just good friends. Um, Velma's so uh, just a nerd. <laughs> yeah. We exactly. all knew. We, we all knew. knew. <laughs> um, but the. Uh, uh, so the take on it, and they keep doing different things, like they did, like uh, the female vampire, vampire vampirism, and female vampirism, especially. And uh, so they're they're taking each episode, you know, and breaking it down, and it's really that sounds uh, insightful. Because then I'll watch something, some other thing on it, like the uh, top hundred one, you know, scariest moments in horror, and they're talking about the same movie. I'm like, oh, but there's all this other, you know, having watched the it's other layer the career for field, it, there's right? this whole other subtext there that. It's so much more interesting and like, and like, you know, it's like, okay, this, this is, uh, it's really fascinating. It's really well done. It, they keep it brief. Um, but it also, you know, illuminates a lot. You know, they have a whole episode basically on James Whale. Right. Uh, okay. Oh, as yeah. well. God, there's but, a name uh, I've not heard in a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so, you know, it's that same idea though. It's like, okay, this, you know, if you're out, you know, what happens to you? Why, you know, in his tragic story, uh, as well. And just, um, you know, so many issues real life are tied into, you know, their art and then what they're trying to express or not trying to express, you know, this, this idea. So it's been, uh, it's, it's very much worth the watch for, I'd say anyone of any audience, but especially if you're just some dumb, ignorant, middle-aged white guy like me who had no idea what this queer horror thing was. Um, and they go through it, you know, very well. It's, and it doesn't feel like it's beating you over the head because there's a lot more of the historical uh, to it, uh, saying, okay, at this time, here's what was changing and here's, here's how it's reflected here, but here's how we saw it here. So, you know, they can go through, uh, the different versions of invasions of the body snatchers, hmm. uh, with that lens and, you know, start looking at all these other films, uh, that wow. way. And Did it's like, see... okay, these are, you know, it'll be like, okay, calling out. It's like, okay, these were clearly done by men, made hmm. by men, but you've got, you know, uh, you know, hot <laughs> vampire lesbians going at it. Well, that's still going to appeal to us. You know, yeah. we're not going to say boo <laughs> on you, but, you know, boo on you for how you made it. But, hey, the end product, thumbs up. Two movies I'm going to ask if you'd seen. Uh, have you seen Gods and Monsters with Ian McKellen and Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser um, mm-hmm. oh, about yes. James Whale? That's a that's a great movie. Um, and did you see the, the Love Witch? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a whole pastiche of that sort of late sixties, early seventies, mm-hmm. uh, kind of filmmaking. Um, you know, now that you've explained that, um, there was something that I'd seen. There's a guy that I follow, uh, on YouTube, uh, the, his channel is called renegade cut, uh, and he's mostly political, but he did do one episode about a nightmare in Elm street called the gay nightmare. And, uh, you about the second one or, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't. Yeah, I think it's the I mean, second that's the one, gay one. That he goes. That's, yeah. that's the reputation it has. It's like that's the gay one. But at, 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 he kind of goes through that that entire uh, secondary uh, story and theme to the movie, and it's really interesting. It's only like fifteen minutes long, um, but I found that interesting. So this series on Shutter sounds like it. Uh, 
might be good to watch as well because yes, you definitely. know otherwise we're blind to this this whole other subtext you know um it, it just doesn't register until till someone actually sort of explains it so um yeah that's cool cool um Right. So I made a big list of all the movies that have been popping into my, my head this week. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just been driving me nuts. Uh, <laughs> some of the stuff that we could have brought up during some of the, um, uh, the genre hopping that we're going through. Um, Tetsuo, the Iron Man mm-hmm. body horror right there. Right. Um, and, and I remember going to see Tetsuo, uh, in the theater when it came out um, wholly on, on the description of it. And, and that was so short. I think it was only a single sentence. <coughs> it said it was a Japanese movie. Um, uh, said it was well-received. Uh, it's about this guy. He gets a bit of metal in him and then the metal starts taking him over. And I was like, I'm sold. Right. That sounds great. <laughs> and, and it was good. And, and actually it has stop motion in it as well. Um, and then there is a movie I had seen a couple of years ago called uh, Tale of Tales. Um, and it's got like Salma Hayek in it, uh, Vincent Castle, Toby Jones, uh, John C. Riley's in it. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of um, uh, like a Grimm's fairy tale. Uh, but, you know, if you know anything about Grimm's fairy tales, they're, they're horror. They're, they're just pure horror. So there is quite a lot of blood in that. Um, but that's quite good. Um, uh, Mad God for Avant-Garde. How did we not mention that? <laughs> oh, you know, what's going well, we on talked there? About it, we talked about it on its own for the We did, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think maybe we just thought, okay, we'll put that in the back seat now. We won't talk about it ever again. <laughs> um, did you see A Cure for Wellness, by the way? It's Gore Ver- Verbinski, kind of Lovecraftian movie. Uh, I know what it is, but no, I did not see it yet. It's it's not bad. It's 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 a decent, solid little movie. Um, uh, good cast. Um, uh, yeah, don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, uh, check it out. Check, check out the trailer. If you like like the looks of the trailer, then, then you'll probably like that. Um, oh, under the skin from Jonathan Glazer, mm-hmm. uh, for, for that kind of sci-fi horror. Um, and, and maybe a little bit of body horror in that as well. Um, and oh, one I'd seen this summer. Um, it's a Greek movie called Dogtooth. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, <sighs> love me some Dogtooth. <laughs> it's one of those ones I love, and I I love it because I can't recommend it to pretty much anyone. We can't. Like, recommend yeah, this is great. You know, you got to really know who you're recommending it to. to well, well, well. The the director went on to do Killing of a Sacred Deer, and that's another one you can't really recommend to people. It's like, is yeah. it going well? Hey, watch this; that'll sort you. <laughs> you <laughs> I got movies to really pop your bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that that is something. But it's so well done and such earnest. Um, yeah, yeah, very very tense movie that. Uh, or uh, Satoshi Kon's Perfect Blue. Um, wasn't even thinking of animation, but, um, you know, that is, that, that is almost psycho levels of horror. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, perfect blue. It's a anime. Oh, no, I haven't. I'm aware of ooh, it. Ooh, check it out. Check it out. Yeah. There's so much 
film history and it's so tense and um yeah really really good unfortunately the director died uh in the last few years but uh every movie that he made was was really good um uh, Svankmeyer, i'd consider oh, yeah. some of his movies horror for sure yeah even yeah. alice you know um mm-hmm. and what else did i find oh eating raul <laughs> or, or society uh-huh. like, yeah. you know around 90. oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> um society's off on its own <laughs> well uh, brian Houston is like screw this producing thing i'm gonna make a movie you go buddy <laughs> it's the only one you're gonna do and good reason wow burn your bridges <laughs> it's just, but way to go on you like yep do the do the charles lawton man that's it. i'm just gonna make one memorable movie and that's it Boy, did he! <laughs> I'm gonna put all the gunpowder into the cannon. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Never use that cannon again. I'm gonna call um, in the airstrike on my own LC, man. This is. Like... <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw a movie called, and I still to this day don't know what I think about it. Um, uh, I think it was came out around 2013 thereabouts. Uh, called The Woman. Uh, oh yeah yeah that so i i mean well that same I guy don't know what made, i think about the ending right i loved. i think no I, I was annoyed with that movie up until that the, basically that switch in the final act and now i lo- and then i was like oh i love <laughs> this movie like the movie was pissing me off before then and then it just right. bam and i'm like thank you that yes <laughs> there, and there's the sequel i've had it in my list and i haven't no, watched it on my really? list this weekend uh the um uh, Darlin. No, uh, it's, it's not from the same director, though, is it? It's it might be. It's in the same. It's the same story, same actors. It's it's the next story. I don't know if he did it or not. Huh. Um, but uh, that one, uh, and it's supposed to be fun. Just basically, is like okay. If you like the if you liked the woman, you're gonna like this one. If the first one offended you, good. But also, you're probably not gonna like the second one. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Huh. Interesting. Wow. I, 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 yeah. I mean, Ian, that is a pretty open-ended ending for sure. Well, my favorite thing is that there was a, a video you can find of it. It's when he was showing it, I think at Sundance and some woman walked out uh, at the beginning or had to be escorted out because she was so offended by the premise. Right. And, uh, and he's out there with her. And she's just like, he's screaming at him without having watched the whole fucking movie. And, yeah. <laughs> and, she's just, and he's just like shaking his head. just like, come on. <laughs> Uh oh! Uh, uh, I just looked it up. the The sequel was direct. Uh, the Darlin was directed by Pollyanna McIntosh, who was who is the woman, the oh the titular character. She directed the well. The first movie uh, was uh, Lucky McGee. Yeah, Lucky. That was a who did funny. May, which is another one that right. Oh, I, I can't say enough good things about that. One. <laughs> did Did you see Teeth as well? I did not. Uh, right. Okay. I just I, 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 for no good reason, except for the fact that uh, in college when I was in a, I did a screenwriting class and uh-huh. I wrote a story that sounds almost identical. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Mine was more sci-fi <laughs> and horror right. than than that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, basically it was a the creature lives off male genitalia. The, the creature that lives in her vagina lives right. off male genitalia instead. That was my oh, thing for it. That's to pretty my, good. Yeah, my my like everybody around me was like, you can't submit that. Our professor was like, also <laughs> the lead uh, of the lesbian film studies program, like she's very lesbian, and they're like, you can't submit that to her, dude. I'm like, watch me. 
And she <laughs> she liked it. I mean, she she had oh, you know, her, her yeah. critiques were very valid. Like she read yeah. it and like, oh, okay, here's what you're trying for. Here's where you can fix it. Here's what you can improve on and think about. You know, very you know, professionally, you know, excellently, you know, what a professor is supposed to be, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah. but everybody's like looking at me like I am literally insane for submitting this <laughs> story. I'm like, yeah, I'm used to it. Kind of. But uh, so no, I haven't. Long story short, no, I haven't seen teeth yet. <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, it was me. <laughs> uh, did you see the um, uh, remake? I also invented post-it notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on a second. That that's reminded me of something. Um, there was an article in the paper today. Um, I think it was in the Guardian. And they were interviewing uh, Garth Marenghi, who who Mm -hmm. used to do a lot of sort of comedy. And the quote from him was, many writers cite me as an influence, and I'll be suing them all. (laughs) 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 Oh, Anyhow, (laughs) did you see the remake uh, to Candyman? I did. I watched it early when it came out earlier this year, and I really yeah, enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that as well. I thought it was um, even. I thought it was better than the original. The original was fine. Yeah, you know, that was, was my was favorite an 80s horror it. movie. It was fine, yeah. but I never really went back to it. Uh, just the fact he had a black, you know, villain protagonist sort of thing. But I like what they did with it in this one, and the setting, and you know, the updatings that they made. Uh, I mean, they were very. I don't know, tepid about the race element in the first movie. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, they, 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 you know, they sort of stayed middle of the road and yeah, like you said, I thought it was fine. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the, the new one. And, and I like the way that they handled the character as well. And that they got the, mm-hmm. the, with, with, with the actor and how it harkened back to the original and it was a continuation, even though it has exactly the same name as the original, which is confusing. Yeah, right. um, uh, oh, another big one that I thought, uh, because as, as this movie has been for, you know, for, for, for a very long time held the throne for kind of uh, the, the ghostly haunting movie. And that's the Peter Redak's The Changeling with. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, George C. Scott? George C. Scott! Yeah. George C. Scott! <laughs> it's the way he acted when he was old. It was, Everything's like that! Um, <laughs> it's great, because I've been in some great movies. You know, that and uh, Exorcist 3 and... Uh, right, right. Uh, hardcore. Uh, not yeah. horror, but uh, excellent one. But he's always George C. Scott! Yeah. <laughs> I'm Patton! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, Peter Medak, who directed that, I just took a look at his, uh, you know, I, I realized I, I'd met him, Peter really? Medak, and uh, because as that uh, the thing I went to at the Lincoln Center, they had uh, a movie. Well, they had two of his movies. One was Let Him Have It, mm-hmm. um, which was sort of British historical thing about yeah. how to police episode here and and, uh the craze um and he directed both of those and he came i brought those two films we had a bit of a double feature and we had A Q&A session with him but uh aside from those movies he's not done a great deal but he has worked on uh the wire which is Mm -hmm. like like my favorite television series of all time uh hannibal um and then this is a weird one this is this threw me a bit he did species two Yes, he did. He Which was I the haven't... reason I went and saw that stupid piece of crap in the theater. 
<laughs> I enjoyed the first one. I'm like, oh, Minak's doing the second one. Sweet. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was the same reaction I had to Highlander too when I'm in the theater and right. five minutes in, I'm like, oh, 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 I, I think I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I, I, I must be in the, the wrong auditorium or something. <laughs> this, this can't be right. <laughs> um, we, we haven't talked about Nicholas Rogue's uh, Don't Look Now as well. Um, I think oh, we yeah. got to get that in there if we're, we're mm-hmm. going to have a Halloween series of, of, of questions. Because boy, phew. you know, I, I, I think that effect in that movie when you have the reveal mm-hmm. of the face, uh, mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of some recent movies that we've seen where there is shock value. And if, if, if you were to just be like, okay, right. If you'd seen the face from the beginning, it'd be fine. You know, it would be weird, mm-hmm. but it'd be fine. But it's, it, the, you know, hiding it for so long and then sort of doing that reveal is, yeah, oh, man. Very I'll well. Tell you what. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did you, did you, uh, you must have seen this at some point, Eyes Without a Face? Uh, um, yes. Old black and white movie, mm-hmm. uh, The Daughters Disfigured. And yeah. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, Billy Idol song, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing I hear in my head. Which are like, man, that Billy Idol should have been in that movie. Uh, anyway, sorry. Well, I remember that 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 movie being, you know, they 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 gave it a cover, they slapped a cover on it that was so schlocky um, when VHS tapes were out. And you had the video stores and all this, mm-hmm. so it could sit alongside things that were sort of more modern horror movies yeah mm-hmm. and um you sort of picked it up then you looked at the back and you're like what <laughs> yeah. <Hang on. laughs> uh yeah um and da, da, da. oh i started this week i found uh, a copy online of that russian movie voy v um, oh v-i-y yeah uh-huh. yeah they um and i i've, I've got about a third of the way through before we started this episode okay. and get, get past that third it's <laughs> it's it's have you seen it oh yes right okay and okay it's fantastic but you got to get past the first half of the movie before oh. it gets fantastic well, I, I think i think you mentioned this because is, is yeah <laughs> when you said the guy was dumb i i didn't quite realize <laughs> How dumb he was going to be! Stupid. Yeah. I mean, just. I mean, totally yeah, he's stupid. not, and he's not '80s teenager movie stupid. He's dumb in a whole like annoying way, like <laughs> like Russian peasant annoying. Like, no wonder they only live to be thirty or something. In a way, it's like he's he's meant to be a philosopher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like wow. I guess he couldn't do anything else because he's useless. Uh, again, until you get through the first half of the movie, then yeah. it, it goes and and. It's different. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it finish it tonight. I mean yeah. in 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 it, it it it's already has a couple brilliant bits in my mm-hmm. mind. Um it's just I, I I'm I'm waiting for it that to be sustained. Um yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean really you know it that guy, you know, would <laughs> It, Mother it, Teresa would punch him in the balls. Yeah, right. I mean, in, 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 he's in a tunnel. He beats someone up. He goes out of the tunnel. Someone runs up to him and goes, oh, 
someone in the tunnel has been beaten up. And he's like, like, like oh, shit, really? <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, you did it. Sociopath, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, yeah. Also, we had neglected to mention anything of the early Peter Jackson. This, uh, we, we, we mentioned it a couple of times. Um, well, I, I think maybe, but you know, it's in between, uh, uh, I mean, the, 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 the main one being, uh, uh, you know, dead alive or that's the U S version brain dead. Yeah. Was it's, brain dead. Uh, yeah. It was called brain dead over here. Yeah. Uh, uh, brain dead here is actually a fantastic Frank Hennelotter movie. That is also fantastic. Um, and, uh, <laughs> He made it after Basket Case and before Frankenhooker, so I mean that's that's a trilogy worth exploring right there. I would argue, but um, but no, Dead Alive. It's like uh, I remember finally getting to see that in the theater because that was the only way uh, stuff was getting distributed. I saw that and, and Meet the Feebles, both uh, theatrical release uh, here once we could finally get them in the states. Yeah, and uh, that game changer all over i mean it's because it's it's comedy it's horror you know but it's also one of the goriest things you're going to see probably for the most part <laughs> yeah it, it got like banned here for the longest time and you know it had all the stickers on saying like finally released because the censors are allowing it <laughs> oh i bet yeah did, did you see black sheep by the way talking about new zealand yes i had to think there for a second I'm like that sounds like yes yes i did yeah, because <laughs> I had some uh, some friends that uh, worked there for oh, they moved down there and worked there for a while, like ten years or something. So uh, they were telling me like, "Oh, you got to see this movie; it's hilarious." I'm like, "Okay," I watched it. I'm like, <laughs> "Then that was my that was my introduction to Kiwi humor, <laughs> right?" Which it's like, yeah. "Oh, that's different than yeah. my normal humor." But now I I appreciate, especially I, I think now. Uh, more through the lens like uh of uh ytt and uh, uh clement yeah uh, yeah fly to the concords uh, the fly of the concords uh uh but then um paranormal activity and what we do in the shadows um uh, yeah yeah but but the, but the first paranormal activity being much more kiwi humor based like black sheep Right. Uh, much closer to that where it's much more and like the entire country is just full of straight men. Like, like not, <laughs> you know, the, the pairing of straight man versus comedic, you know, straight man prop versus comedic, uh, the, the actual comedian. Uh, but it's like the whole country is filled with that. So that's what they're making fun of. It's like, okay, mm. what if we had a zombie invasion or what if we had a duplicate invasion or what if we had a ghost or, you know, uh, all those, those things. Then that's, mm that's where the humor derives from. And once you understand that, or, you know, you know that um, it makes it, it, it's like, okay, now I get it. Now this is funny. Okay. Now I can laugh. Cause I'm otherwise I'm just like the first time I watched black sheep, I was just like, you know, people are dying or laughing about this thing. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, it's kind of funny. I'm kind of like, sitting there like, yeah, okay. That's a good you know, joke. Thanks. You're all, you're all sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're all wrong. <laughs> well, um, I don't know if you saw on, on Facebook, I posted up a list that BFI did for like the best oh, yeah. horror since 1922. I saw and, I didn't make my way through it yet, but <laughs> there's some that jump out at me that I'm just thinking, oh, I've never heard of these. And that's yeah. saying something um, exactly, like, like right? 2022 
it's a film called Speak No Evil. It's it's like what <laughs> I've, I've not heard of this. Um, and in the past ten years, uh, twenty nineteen, a movie called Atlantics, which I've not also heard. I, I, I I have thoughts on Speak No Evil, but you know we're drawn to the end. Here. I will save them for another time because uh, <laughs> I, I I have notes. <laughs> Same notes I would give to Michael Haneke for uh, uh, some of his stuff. Uh, that I have notes, but <laughs> I'm like everybody's going on and on about this. I'm like, okay, it's not that great. Here's why. Let me tell you how you're wrong. Let me start a podcast to tell you how you're wrong. <laughs> I yeah, there, there are some things on here where I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's horror. You know, you're stretching. Yeah. That must have been a bad year if you're considering that horror. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then what was another one that sort of jumped out at me um, was uh, just do one more, which in we are, we are kill list is on there in 2012 barbarian sound studio. And the funny thing is I keep seeing this in lists of horrors for the 2010s and I've not seen it. It's an Italian. Uh, yeah, the name's familiar. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, the name's familiar. I have not seen it either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, and again, I like to go into these things blind, so I don't want to read too much about it. Um, great. Well, I, th- I think that we're just coming up to the, the top of the hour here. Um, <clears throat> so what are we doing next? <laughs> is well, is think- horror over, or are we? Do- is there still more to be said? I think, I well... I would think we would want to do one uh, as a wrap-up. Yeah, we'll you know, have as a it. final. Like, okay, so what do we learn? What do we? What do we do? You know, it's kind of thing. Like, just a kind of summary. It could be like, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be the whole next episode, but it can uh, uh, be something that uh, we we you know we. Uh, I mean, uh, we touch on and 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 you know basically what we've learned. Uh, through doing this as an experiment, you know, sharing this information and the lists and kind of going back and through and then what we've, and what we're looking forward to with it, maybe. Cool. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, I mean, in, in the, the big takeaway for me is your idea of Forrest Gump being inside of an alien spaceship and kind of accidentally saving the day. Um. <laughs> uh-huh. It would sell. <laughs> This dude is from Brooklyn, huh? He didn't dress like this. Two oceans.